Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you. It's uh, it's good to be with you with a little bit of a stronger voice today, I believe. Hopefully, turning the tide against this onslaught of uh, of an attack from allergies. A lot of things to talk about during the course of the broadcast today. One of the most important things that we have in our society, in our free society, is the right to free speech. And I think we have found, not just with free speech, but with other rights that are in our Constitution and things that we value, we've learned in recent years that there are two major threats to our liberties. Now, I, if you would ask me this question 10 years ago, and if you were to ask me the question, Vince, what is the biggest threat to liberty? And I would have told you, without hesitation, it's big government. Today, in the year 2022, I would tell you there are two big threats to our liberties. They are big government and big business. Especially when those two entities partner together. This is a relatively recent thing. I'm not saying big business has not conspired before to do things that undermine our liberties and undermine our constitutional values. It's human nature. I'm sure it's happened before. But I can tell you we're at the point where this has become a concentrated effort, an intentional effort. We've seen this. You remember the discussions we've had about guns? And we've talked about the fact that though the government may not outlaw guns outright, you can still have a tremendous difficulty exercising your free right, your Second Amendment rights, If somehow corporate America conspires with the government to make it difficult for gun manufacturers to stay in business or do their thing in whatever form is necessary to supply you with the weapons, the ammunition that you need. So if corporate America, through the banking system and other means, is somehow effective in undermining your right to bear arms... It's just as effective as passing a law that outlaws gun ownership. Same thing is happening on the front of free speech. Free speech is not about corporate America. It's about government. And yet at the same time, we've reached a point where corporate America has conspired with big government to basically choke out speech that they deem not to be acceptable. News stories basically excluded. We've seen this time and time again, most recently with the Hunter Biden story. Humor is even under attack. We told you about Babylon B. You know, and I think one of the most interesting things in recent days, wouldn't it be interesting if Babylon B and their situation turns out to be 
what really turned the tide for free speech in the big tech era. I think that's pretty awesome. Where is this all leading? By now, I'm sure you have heard, and this is something, if you've listened to this program, this is not a surprise to you because I suggested this was probably going to happen. Elon Musk has made a $43 billion unsolicited bid to take Twitter private. He wants to just take over the company, offering 5420 a share in cash. I mean, can you imagine the, a person's able to just write a check? That's what he's offering to do. Elon Musk is saying the company has extraordinary potential, and he is the person to unlock it. $43 billion. And with this news, the company's shares have gone up 5.3% to 48.27 at the market open. Elon Musk announced this potential deal in a filing with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission after turning down a potential board seat at the company. Now, he first disclosed a take of about a stake of about 9% on April 4th. Tesla shares fell about 1.8% on the news, by the way. Twitter is saying its board is going to review the proposal, and any response would be in the best interests of all Twitter stockholders. This is the most high-stakes clash yet between Musk and the social media platform. The executive, one of Twitter's most watched firebrands, often tweeting out memes and taunts to Elon Musk's more than 80 million followers. He's been vociferous about changes he'd like to consider imposing at the social media platform, and the company offered him a seat on the board after he announced his $3.35 billion stake. Musk immediately started appealing to fellow users about prospective moves, from turning Twitter's San Francisco headquarters into a homeless shelter and adding an edit button for tweets to granting automatic verification marks to premium users. One tweet suggested Twitter might be dying, given that several celebrities with high numbers of followers rarely tweet. Unsatisfied with the influence that comes with being Twitter's largest investor, now he's launched a full takeover. One of the few individuals who could afford it outright. Are, are you ready for this figure again? Think about this. This is just a fraction. A fraction of his earnings, of his wealth. He's currently worth about $260 billion. <laughs> this is according to the Bloomberg Billionaires Index, compared with Twitter's market valuation of about $37 billion. Although Musk is the world's richest person, how you will find $43 billion in cash, well, that has not been revealed yet. What do you think about this? I think Elon Musk wants to go down, wants to be known as the man who restored free speech. I think that's what he's up to. What do you think about this move? Stay with us.
I love the reactions on this story about Elon Musk. We start here, this texter, I have to read this very carefully. I think it is effing great. (laughs) Jeff, when you talked about the two most dangerous things to freedom, you left out another one. It's big business, big government, and low information populace. How many times it's willing, low information populace. Jeff, you're right on the money. I was actually thinking that as I was talking, that this is what facilitates the other two things. Because if you have, an, and, and this has been described as an informed electorate, one of the priorities of preserving our foundational values, an informed electorate. The first two things that we expressed concern about become less of an issue. Because an informed electorate is going to rein those two things in. They're going to resist big government. They're going to re- resist big business. Very good point there, Jeff. <laughs> this texture saying, Vince, I believe if I budget real hard, I could manage on $260 billion. You think? <laughs> Owl out of Simpsonville. Should Elon Musk succeed in controlling Twitter, imagine the plight of those former employees now looking for another job and having the stigma of Twitter on their resume. Who would want to hire them? I said this before in one of my rants that I think if this does succeed, if Elon Musk does indeed buy Twitter, I think one of the first things he needs to do is to find the people who have taken steps to censor people inappropriately and every single one of them ought to be fired it's really that simple fire them like over this thing I mean I told you the other day this Babylon B story a joke about this person in Joe Biden's cabinet you know it was a joke about this person being man of the year transgender person Come on, it's a joke. And if you can't take a joke, if our society can't endure jokes, what are we? Look at the left-wing response to Musk's offer. They want the ability to censor, and they don't like the challenge to that censorship. No, they do not. Also, Vince, if Elon Musk is successful at buying out Twitter, look for a lot of political jobs out there for him. Don't be surprised if the DOJ and FBI get in on it as well. He has a lot to think about. Hope he's ready. Being a realist who lives in Realville. And, Jeff, that's a great observation. The knives are going to be out. They're going to come after him. Another person saying Elon's enemies will work hard to devalue Twitter and make it irrelevant, so free speech will be stifled. Vince Musk does not need to own the whole business. Hedge funds, think Carl Icahn, Nelson Peltz, Bill Ackman. They take big positions and agitate for change. Yeah. When I hear a Democrat say the big lie, I don't think of the 2020 election. I think of all the lies the Hunter Biden laptop revealed 
When Biden says the big lie, I think he's admitting guilt. He should be tried for treason for all that he's done to the American people. Vince, the sad thing is, it's a real shame. It takes an Elon Musk to do something that our government's never been able to do. Hashtag Twitter takeover. Go Elon. I think there's a lot of support for this move. I don't see one single person who is questioning this. If you'd like to join the conversation, you are welcome to the Ingalls Markets Talk Line, 800-928-1110. It's 800-928-1110. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. The Brooklyn subway shooter suspect is now in custody. His name is Frank James. Arrested within 30 hours after the incident through a combination of on-the-ground detective work, technology, And this is my favorite part of this entire story. When I read this yesterday, it cracked me up. It really did. But it included a tip from the fugitive himself. Keejit Sewell, who is the police commissioner, said we were able to shrink his world quickly. There was nowhere left for him to run. Officers got their first lead soon after the incident of the crime scene. The 36th Street subway station in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. Several eyewitnesses filmed and photographed James. Suspect also left behind key pieces of evidence that helped them track his movements before and after the incident. A 9mm Glock allegedly used in the shooting. His coat, a bag filled with fireworks, and James's credit card. (laughs) Imagine that. That's the credit card he used to rent a U-Haul van that was discovered parked five miles southeast of the station. Officers recovered the vehicle later in the evening. By the way, he legally purchased that gun in Ohio back in 2011. Cameras were not working inside the 36th Street subway station, but he was filmed entering the subway station near where the van was found, according to investigators. Also spotted at the 7th Avenue station at Park Slope, roughly three miles north of the crime scene, less than 30 minutes after the shooting. James fled the scene in an R train from the 36th Street station. While investigators continue to probe through clues, including James' social media posts where he ranted against New York City, And the mayor, Eric Adams, police released the photo to the public, naming him as a person of interest. Everybody was on alert. A cell phone alert with James's description went out to New York City residents 1021 a.m. yesterday, just hours after the police initially identified him as a suspect. The NYPD said they received a Crime Stoppers tip a few hours later from one claiming that James was inside a McDonald's. And guess what? They believe that tipster may have been James himself. I think you're looking for me. I'm seeing my picture all over the news. I'll be around this McDonald's. When officers responded to the McDonald's, James nowhere to be seen, so officers drove around the neighborhood. Around 1.45 in the afternoon, they found him in the East Village neighborhood of Manhattan, arrested him without incident. The FBI, ATF, other federal agencies going through evidence and clues related to the shooting. 
their investigation ongoing. But Frank James off the street. And by reports here, looks very much like he may have (laughs) been his own tipster to get himself arrested. And I'm sure we will find out many more things about the motivation behind this crime. That could have been a whole lot worse. Much more as we continue our Thursday broadcast. Stay with us. Over on the text line, this texture saying, if Twitter refuses Musk's offer, he should choose a platform, buy it, and use it to shut Twitter down. <laughs> All right. On this suspect who's been arrested in New York City, Frank James, this person saying by turning himself in, he was trying to get the $50,000 reward money. Hey, why not? Will he ever have the opportunity to spend it if he indeed is awarded money for this? On Elon Musk, I'm actually join Twitter if he's successful. The first ban should be Dorsey. First re-enable should be Trump. Not surprising. We would hear that. On the shooting, this person saying there's a whole lot about the shooting that just does not add up. I think you're not the only one to say that. Vince, isn't it funny how all these cameras never seem to work in New York? The capture is too neat. It doesn't feel right. New York wanted to defund police, but the cameras in the subway are not working. Slackers. Weird, weird, weird. This person would like to know whether the crime of Frank James should be construed as a hate crime. For whatever that's worth, why not? You know what's amazing? Whenever a white person or a Caucasian is involved in a crime, we all know that immediately. They're still doing a wonderful job of not mentioning that this man is black. Okay. Another person saying, Even greater point here, nobody died. Let's expose what happened, make sure everybody's aware of it, then drop it and move on. I always find it interesting how the mainstream media makes it very clear when a black person's the victim of an officer shooting, let's say, they make sure to let everyone know he or she is black, but in this case, Mr. James, he's referred to as a gentleman or just a person. Then you said if Elon Musk decides to buy Twitter as if it's an item with a price tag hanging on it, Elon simply writes a check for it. It's not that simple. Twitter is owned by many shareholders who will not tender their shares for sale. Musk can accumulate shares and become the majority shareholder, then have greater influence over what Twitter does. This person, summing up (laughs) New York City, says New York City just sucks. Okay. And we have this in reference to Babylon B and their Man of the Year tweet. 
Vince, if you can't take a joke as a man, don't put on a dress. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You guys are so terrible. Let's turn to a fulfilled promise by the governor of Texas. We told you about this days ago, about an executive order from Greg Abbott, concerned about the migrants that are getting dropped off in his state. Well, he's actually done it. With this statement, Texas should not have to bear the burden of the Biden administration's failure to secure our border. And with that, a group of undocumented migrants arrived in the nation's capital Wednesday on a bus sent by Texas Governor Greg Abbott, part of the Republican governor's strategy to oppose the Biden administration's rescinding of a Trump-era border policy. In a statement yesterday, Abbott said, by busing migrants to Washington, D.C., the Biden administration will be able to more immediately meet the needs of the people they're allowing to cross our border. He added, another busload is en route. Migrants from Colombia, Cuba, Venezuela, Nicaragua dropped off between Union Station and the Capitol as part of Governor Abbott's response to the Biden administration's decision to end Title 42 expulsions. Abbott's up for re-election, by the way, in November. We told you about how he directed the Texas Division of Emergency Management to charter buses to transport the migrants to D.C. During a news conference, Peppermint Patty said the people arriving in D.C. have all been processed by U.S. Customs and Border Protection. So it's nice the state of Texas is helping them get to their final destinations. They await the outcome of their immigration proceedings. A little bit of sarcasm there from Jen Psaki. I think this is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You know, the only improvement upon this would have been to jump these folks off at Joe Biden's home. And some people think that's tacky for me to say that. If you're going to do things like this, you ought to take personal responsibility. Personal. Don't come telling me about all this stuff about compassion. Compassion is what you do with your own resources from the depths of your own heart. It's not the burden you place on other people to show off what is purportedly your compassion. All this is is virtue signaling on the part of the administration. And that's what a lot of these liberal politicians are good at, virtue signaling. But a good part of the time, they have no virtue at all. They're bereft of virtue. What you really have is a whole lot of political posturing. Another political story going on, Mark Meadows, and this story is bizarre, taking another bizarre turn. As you know, an investigation about Mark Meadows and his voting in the last election. He was White House Chief of Staff in the Trump administration. He's now been removed from the voter roll in North Carolina, according to the State Board of Elections. State Bureau of Investigation is looking into his registration. 
This was requested after it was reported Meadows, Republican former member of Congress and Trump staffer, had registered using an address he never lived at. He was removed after documentation indicated he lived in Virginia, last voted in the 2021 election there. Voters who cast ballots outside the state would be considered to have lost residency in North Carolina. That's state law. That's how it works. News reports this year question whether Meadows, who has repeatedly and falsely claimed widespread voter fraud occurred in the 2020 election, may have committed an election offense himself. State records indicate Meadows voted by absentee ballot in North Carolina in the 2020 general election after having registered in September at an address in Macon County. He was Trump's chief of staff at the time. No formal challenge has been received by the Macon County Board of Elections. The New Yorker reported Meadows registered at a mobile home in Scaly Mountain, which the former owner said Meadows' wife, Debbie Meadows, had rented and briefly visited. The magazine reported neighbors and friends of the Meadows family said they had never visited. The home was sold to someone else before Meadows registered to vote there. It is illegal to provide false information to register to vote in federal elections. North Carolina's voter registration form asks voters for their residential address where you physically live, underlining the word physically. So we'll find out more about this investigation. Stay with us. At every turn, Frank James, the suspect in New York City. Hey, Vince, Abbott is awesome. Another person saying here, the second busload of immigrants from Texas only had 14 people on it. They went directly to a processing location where asked plane, train, or bus to their final destination, wherever that might be. Abbott should have bussed them back to Mexico, dropped them off, then shut the border. Why are we celebrating illegals entering the country? Who cares where they get dropped off, dude? Vince, my mom, sent me to Walmart to get some Easter supplies for an adult centerpiece. Pickings were pretty slim, but guess what there were plenty of Disney-themed Easter baskets. Go woke, go broke. It's <laughs> Jim out of Easley. Interesting on the Mark Meadows story. Suddenly the other side cares about voter integrity. Very competitive, or so it seems. I thought we were supposed to count every vote. Oh, wait. That's right. <laughs> every Democrat vote, legal or not. This person saying the guy from New York deserves to burn in hell. E. Another person on the subject of Greg Abbott bussing these folks to D.C., these migrants, I would have to agree bringing them farther into the country is not the answer. You know, I do see the point of taking them back. But, boy, that would have been another issue altogether. By the way, so how is Joe Biden doing? UK Daily Mail 
has a new story about a new Quinnipiac University poll. It's not good. You ready for this? Biden's approval rating is cratered at 33 percent. 33. And as you know by now, as you've known for quite some time, if the election, the election were held again, Biden would lose. And you're going to hear why. 26% of independents approve of his job in the White House. 39% back his handling of Ukraine. 68% say U.S. should be doing more to stop Putin's forces killing civilians. In yet another shocking poll. But 33%? Boy, that's pathetic. Second time Biden's been rated this low in this particular survey. The Democratic president seen in a drastically different light depending on respondents' political affiliation. 26% of independents approve of Biden, along with 76% of Democrats, only 3% of Republicans. Pretty ugly picture here. Quite ugly. Does any of this surprise you at all? And I think one of the concerns, this is, again, one of the issues that people are concerned about, is the border. And what we've seen in the performance of this administration has been absolutely abysmal. And now we're about to see yet another Action that's taken that will essentially open up the floodgates for more illegal immigrants to come in. Numbers are not good for Biden. I still think they're lying. There's no way that many people still support the fool. <laughs> this person is saying even 39% is probably generous. <laughs> On dealing with the border, if they can bust them all the way to D.C., why can't they bust them the short distance back to the border? I think that's a great question. What would happen is they'd create an international incident. Maybe they need to. Maybe that is what needs to be done. Also, this Texas could simply declare a state of emergency, close the border, then fight it out in court if need be. You know, that would be interesting to provoke a constitutional crisis, essentially by a governor who is doing something, making what amounts to a federal decision. It's kind of intriguing. Just a sampling of some of the items here on the text line. This person saying, are you really a person who believes this idiot actually won to begin with? I have some really good farmland in Death Valley I would love to sell you. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And we have this. Vince, did you watch the New York police news conference about capturing the shooter? The lady police commissioner, Merchant Sewell, doesn't say the shooter calls Crime Stoppers and turns himself in. They just say it was a tip on the hotline. The lady commissioner made it sound like the shooter's capture was due to their department's great work. The shooter was hiding in plain sight at McDonald's. Chewing on a Big Mac. <laughs> Incredible. Still to come in the next hour, I want to give you a heads up about something. I want you parents to listen very carefully. We have a very important advisory to give you, especially in South Carolina. 
this one comes from the FBI, and your children, maybe the targets, your teenagers, especially teenage young men. So I want you to listen. This is very, very important. How about some people on a plane who are demanding <laughs> they wanted to be let out? They had enough. What was so difficult about this particular journey? We'll tell you about it. You'll hear from one of the passengers and much more as we continue. <laughs> 